I'm gonna take one, baby. What up, family and friends? It's Sir Gregory, Sir G. Um, back again with another take of Take One podcast, and we got the band together. Today we got we got Kelsey Ellison, Hillary Denny, Artez Henderson Sr. And as I already introduced myself, um, we are excited to just um just have what we call a take one conversation. And what I mean by take one conversation, I mean we y'all about to get our raw thoughts. We just about to have a true barbershop conversation. We we at a table, but we about to act like we at the bar sipping on some 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 libations. Like that's how free this conversation is about to be. All right, y'all stop laughing. I'm being for real. I'm being for real. Um, but as the school year comes to an end, man, we were just thinking about man, what do we want to talk about? And the title for this episode is is living in the city. And just as we reflect. On this year, but just really the past year, um, man, living in the city has has presented some obstacles, some right. some challenges, some um, some hopes, some some doubts, some fears. So we just want to kind of just um, what's the word? Um, just just dissect, process together our emotions as we think about um, just the challenges that we have faced this past year of living in a city. Um, so just to kind of um, kick us off, what are some of, like, let's just name some of the tough things or the um, tough challenges that we have seen um, personally. Yeah, I mean, we can start just with uh, the daily um, headlines of, homicides and, um, you know, just theft, you know, even some of us, I know at this table, uh, have been, you know, victims of that, uh, in your, you know, at your own home. And so, uh, so whether you send it on the news or whether we even talking about it personally, it's just like, man, it's always something one, one after another. Yeah. I mean, the easy one. I mean, not easy, but one that I think impacts a lot of people is uh, just the mass shootings that have occurred over the past, um, you know, year specifically, but just in general um, in so many different places of the country. So it almost feels like, you know, nowhere is really safe. You in one place you have these maybe specific type of, um, you know, thing brokenness that you see but no matter where you go um you're you know susceptible to hurtful things and dangerous things i think some of um violence against women that has happened uh in our city has been um yeah hard to handle and shakes us and just learning to live in a different way because of that has been hard this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like, let's like, let's, okay. We just acknowledge like the, 
like the news headlines mm-hmm. um, that we see on the surface. But like, let's kind of, I guess, double click, um, like go to that second level of just even processing. Like, like how does these headlines affect mm-hmm. you personally? Like seeing all these mass shootings in Nashville, Dallas. I'm here. I remember you saying like. Um, the shooting that happened in, in Dallas, the dress you wore Sunday is is where you get you got it from the exact place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like how how are you affected personally? I guess yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I mean it feels like personally the stories that happen or or what's happening in the news headlines are kind of a part of like a narrative of our city and so it kind of feels like um depending on what kind of person you are like talking about violence against women or you know what ethnicity you are people paint you as more prone to a certain type of crime or you know if you live in this certain type of neighborhood then you you know if you're in more of a wealthy neighborhood you are maybe more prone to theft um but i mean we see that's not true in memphis they still cars everywhere but um and if you like are in a more inner city impoverished neighborhood then maybe you're more prone to or more prone to more violent crimes and so i guess it's just hard like living as like as a person that i am as a minority black woman in a society where these um stories are like painting a narrative about who I am, what I can do, what I can't do, um, where I am safe, where I'm not safe. For me, where my husband and my my sons are safe, what they are more prone to do, you know, not in actuality, but just in um, in the narrative. So I think that is how that's kind of still service, but we go, we go deeper. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, I mean, <clears throat> I even question like God, like, like, like what you, like, are you still at work? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm saying that as a as a Christian, as a pastor. But um, when stuff is just so layered, and you know the different uh, things we hear about, the different things we experience, you just you grieve to the point of exhaustion, to the mm-hmm. point of like, okay, God, I know you. You know, you tell us clearly in the Bible that you are God of justice, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it just seems like you would personally want to see justice displayed and outpoured, you know, in a different way. And God is always at work. Like we know that, but just humanly speaking, um, you know, I just, when you kind of dive deep into some of the details of certain stories, you know, we, this, we didn't talk about Tyree Nichols, um, or we didn't mention that situation. Um, and the traumatizing, like, those traumatizing events, you know, that happened um, to him, and you just, you just question like the evilness um, that's at hand, that the, the darkness. Um, you know, you talk about police officers, um, black or white, but you know, you talk about you know we live in a world that sometimes uh, it's hard to feel safe uh, from the people that are meant to protect you. And I'm not saying, you know, I got good friends, uh, you know, fraternity brothers who are police officers do a really good job. And I'm sure y'all you know, mm-hmm. know some people as well. But you just see how evil permeates in every mm-hmm. 
every area of life. And so you just ask the question, okay, God, yeah, you, you are my only hope, you know, at this point, because I can't expect safety, security, uh, advocacy from nobody else at the way that God can give that he offers in Jesus. So, Amen. I think um, with that, like mourning the evil and fighting against living in fear, um, like that is a real temptation for me is just to shut down and hide and be afraid of everything that's going on and raising kids in this and raising a teenager and wanting to give her more independence um, and fighting my own fear of that and just when it seems like almost every every area of life is somewhat affected or could be affected. And so it's been a lot of this year like learning for me um, to continue to trust God and but also be realistic, be realistic without being cynical and without being afraid all the time because that's what it could easily lead me to. So how do I teach my daughter to be safe in our city but not be cynical and afraid um, has been a big thing this year. And then also just learning to hold things loosely, like, you know, the tires on my car, you know, big deal. Like, you know, your car gets wrecked. No, we'll get another one. Just learn to hold things loosely. <laughs> and I think that's been helpful to me. And hey, yeah. I hey, what's the word? You just got to laugh at your pain sometimes. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can laugh about it now. Yeah, I remember waking up 7 a.m., to take the dog out to, you know, use the restroom. I just woke up. I'm still waking up. It's a nice sunny day, and I'm just standing outside, kind of, I'm stretching out my arms, and I'm, you know, still trying to wake up, and I'm just like, something missing. <laughs> like, I don't know what's missing. The dog running around, I'm just like, something's supposed to be here. What's not here? And I'm like, oh, Jade's car is not here. So I go back in the house, and I'm like, did somebody borrow your car last night <laughs> at 10.30 when I went to sleep? And she was like, no. And I was like, your car's not there. And she was like, stop playing. And I was like, you stop <laughs> Mine was I came out and opened the door and looked down, and there were tires missing on my car. And I was like, this doesn't look like it usually does. What's going on? Yeah. Man, that's, that's hilarious. So y'all talked – so we kind of talked about, you know, the, the mesh – shootings, the Tyree Nichols situation, just like we all have different elements that have happened that can cause us to live in fear. And I, I really wanted to title this um, you know, um, episode, this conversation, like living in a city, because historically living in the city is where, um, you know, things happen. <laughs> Because the majority of people are in the city, and Hillary kind of um, hinted at it, like it can want to cause us to shut down or even um, flight, um, run away, out of the city, you know. And so, I guess when I think about this, it's a reality of just like, okay, I don't want to ignore what is actually going on. But what is your anchor that keeps you in place? If that makes sense. Like, what keeps you in the city instead of saying, you know what, I'm about to pack up my entire family 
and move to the middle of our and start planting corns. <laughs> well, I don't want to like, move there. So be, <laughs> it's, it's cold I mean, up there, man. <laughs> or move to a militant, I don't know, but to the middle of nowhere just to like protect you and your family. I mean, I, I will unashamedly, you know, stand on the priority of my family's safety, uh, physical, mm-hmm. spiritual, emotional. And so that's something that I believe that God, he, uh, he blesses, you know, that's my responsibility, especially as uh, the, the husband, you know, to Ebony and um, the father to AJ Grace and Tim. However, you know, I think about, and it's not on some judgmental type of, you know, uh, posture, but I just think about like living in Memphis, I've been in Memphis for almost 10 years now, and you hear about, you know, certain stories of crime or theft or, you know, whatever in very affluent, you know, wealthy neighborhoods and there to be this resident that's there and they always say something of this nature. I never would have thought it would have happened here. Mm. That kind of stuff, you know, typically doesn't happen here. Mm. Um, and then so it's a shocking, like almost earth shattering reality is like, Ma'am, sir, you still live in a broken world. So mm-hmm. crime, you know, people still breaking out mm-hmm. of prisons today. Like oh. you to my high max uh, security <laughs> prisons. It's like, what makes you think uh, your gated community? They breaking that with a toothbrush. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm saying it's tongue in cheek, but people are still breaking out. But that just goes to show like the brokenness of our world. So, so why not run? Is 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 because so th- there is a tension there. You know, it takes some discernment. You know, you don't. Um, want to just uh, intentionally um, and unwisely put your family or yourself personally, if you don't have a family, in in, in danger. Uh, But I know that no matter where I go, where I move, um, I still live in a fallen world with fallen people. And so the reality of, you know, being in a bubble that's so counter to the identity of the church. Like mm-hmm. God doesn't, he hadn't called his bride uh, to just, to just run and to be completely sheltered. Um, you know, assuming that, Hey, I can create this, you know, this, this ecosystem, if you yeah. will. And this is going to keep me immune from all danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know that's not, that's not the case. And so I even think, you know, being a black man period in America, like it don't matter where I go, you know, there's, there's a level uh, of unfortunately, you know, danger because of the color of my skin. And so that's something that I have to be mindful of as well and take that to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And as I'm raising black children, also I want to, you know, help them be rooted and grounded that despite what the world may believe about you, mm-hmm. you ain't even did, they don't even know you, but they mm-hmm. perceived you as, um, less human or less than or whatever because of your race, um, I want to remind them that, that that God is your champion, that you have value and worth in him. And so, uh, but also be mindful that there are places and spaces with people that you can go into that they can care less who your mama is, who your daddy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they just see you for who you are. And so you do have to proceed with a level of wisdom and, and discretion. So that was a long-winded uh, you know, response, but yeah, to the folks who probably, you know, considering, hey, I probably need to relocate or whatever, like, that's, you know, that's a decision that you have to make. But also, even if I decide to relocate, there's a, a level of, 
man, you're not just removing yourself completely from, you know, the possibility of being affected by uh, broken systems and broken people um, that can be, you know, that can affect you in a different way. So. Yeah. And I think that just made me think about, like, my anchor really is, like, in all of that. Because what you said is true. We just have to have a posture of trust in God. Like, and I think we, you know, all have kind of said that in some sort of way. And I feel like it can be, um, I can't think of the word, but, like, sometimes it can just be like, oh, well, you know, you got to trust God. And he just kind of, like, put, like, trust God on yeah. on an on a issue. But the reality is that. You know, the God that we serve, created, sustains, is actively working in the universe. And so he's not surprised by what's going on. And um, personally, for me, I think of, you know, two verses, one in Genesis. I don't want to, y'all to catch my Bible pages uh, flipping to try to find it. But, you know, in the story of Joseph, he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Um, and, and in Romans 8, 28, you know, God... Uh, is working all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so that's what's true. You know, we know at the end is is victory. Christ wins and evil is, you know, evil is no more. Uh, yeah. And so I think that is what really I just have to hold to. I love the city, you know. When I think about moving from Memphis, I think about moving to bigger cities with more people <laughs> and, and maybe more crime. I don't know, you know. Um, and so... I just, you know, it's hard to do. I don't say trust the Lord like it's easy, yeah. you know. Um, it's not easy for me. But I really have limited control, and that's something that I really struggle with because I want to have all control. And um, But I really do. We, we all, we have limited control, but we know the one who controls all things, yeah. and he inclines his ear to um, our requests and our prayers. And um, he is our safety. He's our refuge. And so those are... You know, that has to be, I think, our, our anchor, and that is my anchor in the midst of, of all things. So Yeah, and that's what I love about, like, even what y'all saying about trust in the Lord. Like, it's not just a, oh, trust in the Lord. Oh, that's, like, I just took this magic pill, and yeah. all fear is gone. It's just like, no. Like, feel, like, we need to see what we see and feel what we mm -hmm. feel. Like, we need to grieve over um, um, the... Just a just a brokenness in the world. Like we need to be able to process together and discern what is best for my family. Like we need to, um, like God gives us the freedom mm -hmm. to bring all of that to Him at His feet. Um, even the verse that be anxious about nothing. It's not don't be anxious, but you know, don't be anxious because you're bringing everything mm -hmm. to me in prayer, mm -hmm. and like that's how we begin to like. I'm trusting him um, and keep God as our anchor when we are um, fearful, you know. So, yeah. One thing that's really encouraged me um, over several years of living in different places and struggling with this is the story of Jesus in the garden. Um, and when he's in Mark chapter, I think it's 14, and he's in the garden and he's greatly distressed and troubled and Jesus, who is God, who knows what's going to happen and knows the end, knows that God has the victory, still, you know, he was very sorrowful even to death. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. 
And then it goes on, but I feel like we should kind of stop there and think about like what depths Jesus was in who knew that the resurrection was coming, but he was still like, God, I don't, I don't want to go through this. And then he says, yet not what I will, but you will. And so for me, like being able to sit in those feelings of God, I don't like this right now. Like I'm afraid I'm struggling. I wish it were different. I'm grieving my pain. I'm grieving others' pain. Even Jesus did that, and he knew what was coming. So like you're talking about, it's not easy just to say, trust God. I mean, even Jesus struggled with, hey, I know the resurrection's coming, but that doesn't mean that everything that I'm going to go through before that is just, it's okay. The resurrection's coming. And so being able to see even Jesus sitting in that has been a huge encouragement to me to be able to sit in those feelings and yet still put my trust yeah. in. And I think like the church Christians, like, like me being from Memphis, me growing up in Memphis and even seeing how the city has changed. And if I'm honest, I, I get offended by certain churches um, and their mission statements now. Right. So I know the history of, influential wealthy white churches being in the city um in the 60s 40s whenever and when the neighborhood began to i got my air quotes up change and you know they moved out to cordova to you know germantown to 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 the east and once the neighborhood changed again they sold that building and you know just kept building bigger and better buildings and now there's certain churches who kind of like, you know, we got to go and, you know, um, you know, go to the city. You know, we love the city, love, nine, love Memphis. I heart Memphis. You know, like just all these branding tools of, um, you know, like we for the city. And it kind of offends me because it's just like you're not the savior. And just historically, when things happen, like you as the church ran. And I'm not trying to say that arrogantly because um, I know like that's our natural default to to like pick up our bags and move. You know, like we don't want to deal with this stuff. And I do think it's because we forget or we can forget our mission as the church that this this world is not our it's not our home. Um, we we're trying to build our kingdom. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, in our city, but we have to remember that we are a part of a greater kingdom, mm-hmm. and that we are kingdom citizens. And, and and so, like, what's our mission? And I think oftentimes we don't have a good anchor in a city because we don't have a clear mission. Um, you know, on how we can personally um, affect change. So. That kind of moves me into my next question. I kind of just told you a little bit about maybe one of my frustrations just as I process um, like living in a city. I love to even hear what frustrates you or what affects you in different ways. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, one of my frustrations um, is that, you know, a lot of times the different ills and uh, the different challenges, right, that are sometimes more obvious than none. We, you know, the church is guilty of this. Uh, you know, it's 
you know, but also, you know, politicians, you know, like everybody, like we can be uh, tempted to put a Band-Aid on this deep, you know, festering wound that needs more care and attention mm -hmm. underneath the surface and not just trying to apply, you know, a Band-Aid and say, oh, you know, go about your way. But also, I, I believe, too, it's like we over overcomplicated, you know. I think that's another frustration, um, you know, something that we can look at ourselves and, like, we all have a role. Like, they, like everybody has their own lane to affect change, like, at a, at a grassroots level or at a more macro level, you know, and everywhere in between. And so, you know, to your point, you know, the comment you made earlier, Sergi, just about the mission, like anchoring ourselves in a, a, a God, you know, glorified, Christ-centered Christ -centered mission um, that everybody can, can buy into, you know what I'm saying? And so I just think you just, with everything going on, it's, it's almost like, are you just waiting for the next thing to happen? you know, without taking action, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think I get frustrated too. It's like when the dust settles, all right, no more hashtags, you know, no more, you know, hey, you know, let's let's protest this or, you know, I'm not, not against, you know, protesting all that and, you know, uh, spreading the cause and all that stuff. But I just feel like, you know, I think about, I'm from St. Louis, specifically Ferguson. And, you know, think about Mike Brown back in, I think like 2013, um, when that situation happened, it's crazy how many other similar instances that happened since then. And sometimes it's like, okay, unless we really look ourselves in the face as a nation, right, um, as a city, you know, you think about other stuff close to home, it's like, what are we going to do uh, proactively so that it won't be another Tyree? It won't be another, uh, you know, Liza. Uh, it won't be another, you know, you, you fill in the blank. And so we just got to stop putting Band-Aids on it and, and look at it. It's ugly, but how can we get underneath? Um, and, and also for all of us individually, but also corporately, like, let's get in the game. Uh, I agree with you, and I think that makes me think of, um, just to be honest, our education system and having worked in our education system and so many people, like, at our church who are, like pouring their hearts out, but there's still so much inequality and there's, we're putting the band-aids on things mm. that need some deep change. And so I'm frustrated um, that we can't change things at a deeper level, like you're saying, and that our teachers are burning out and are exhausted because they're pouring their hearts out into um, systems that are just broken right now. Um, so thank you, teachers. Uh, and just thinking, yeah, that, that frustrates me. And then also, like you were talking about your family, like how do I pour my life out and yet not uh, sacrifice my own kids to some of this? And so how do I do both of those, teach them to love the city, but also provide for them what I feel like God is asking me to provide for them um, I think it's for me like a constant battle and reevaluation re of where that that should be. Um, I think about uh, kind of some things that have been alluded to, but 
I guess if I was going to say it plainly, I would maybe just say the view and the value of um, black skin. So um, our test kind of said this in the beginning, but um, we were at a restaurant in East Memphis uh, a couple weeks ago, and my husband is black. I have two black sons, and so we were walking out holding our sons, and a group of three older white ladies were like, oh, they're so precious, you know, they're so cute, whatever, and they are, you know, I'm biased, but... They are. Yeah. (laughs) uh, But, you know, I was walking to the car, and I just thought, at what point in time do they turn from precious and cute to you're afraid of them? And um, I just think about, I thought about Tamir Rice, who was 11 years old, and was sitting, you know, in public with what looked like a phone and, you know, was was killed. And I think that's just what frustrates me and brings a lot of fear, too, uh, for my sons, my husband. Um, and that really is why, you know, trusting God to protect them. They are his, you know, I am his, we are all his, we, we belong to God. And, and so he you know, yeah, is our refuge, is our strength, um, is our father. He sees the whole picture. He knows our days. And so I think that just really in the midst of my frustration has to give me hope to live in this world until we get to be in our new home where we were created to be. So, yeah. And thank y'all for, you know, sharing and, and, and even being vulnerable, um, you know, just open and transparent um, I think you know we all have different stories uh, we all come from different places we all are affected you know what I'm saying in different ways but I do think you know if we are um, believers we all do have the same hope um, a living hope and y'all already said it so I'm just gonna close with it that God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble Psalms 46 says, therefore, we would not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters war and foam, though its mountains tremble at its swelling. We don't fear because there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High, and God is in the midst of her. She should not be moved. Um, so in our times of fear, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I'm God. Um, we continue to trust, we continue to work, we continue to hope, um, even in the face of brokenness. Um, and I'm not, you know, um, you know, what's the word? Um, this, this, this activist that just knows, you know, all the answers. I don't. And if I'm honest, I oftentimes feel more like a pessimist that, like, that we gonna ever see true, true fulfillment. Um, on this side of eternity, um, and, I, and I honestly don't think we we ever will. Just looking at, just going through my history class back in high school, um, my world history class, you know, is filled with war and all this stuff. But um, but hey, thank y'all for listening. Uh, we just hope that you were um, somewhat in, encouraged as you just listened to us um, process this together and hey and if you have any questions and want to um you know just process this with us we, we would love for your um our feedback as well and you can 
reach us by emailing artes at downtownchurch.com. And once again, this is take one. Be blessed.